Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm uh, Sonia Z. I am a comedian uh, and I live in the Philadelphia area and perform mostly in Philly, sometimes New York. Uh, I have a podcast. Um, it's, uh, Yo, that's weird. And uh, I love I, the logo. Thank you. I can't wait to get like a t shirt or something, even just a sticker. Uh, yeah. The, the I'm going gonna, gonna to order myself a t shirt. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, how did you get into like what made you think about doing the podcast? What made you come up with the idea of the podcast? Um, I guess like the, I always am that person that will just, I guess what people call overshare or I'll, I'll like really talk to people in public about their, whatever they're talking about. And if it's something weird, I don't walk away. I'll go, Ooh, like I'll have some <laughs> like backup weird theory. I love like make fake conspiracy theories or real ones and just weird stuff that other people don't like. Cause I'll talk about anything with anyone. So, um, and I guess, like, I don't know, I feel like I always say, like, yo, it's just the thing we say around here. Uh, <laughs> and then that's the Yo MTV Raps logo. Yeah. So it's like, base. it's just a, you know, East Coast saying. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's perfect. And um, I feel like I genuinely have probably said that in conversation to people like, yo, that's weird, you know? And <laughs> I, at first I wanted to do, actually, I wanted to do, uh, oh, that's weird. Like, and then, of course, that's kind of like plain. So it was taken. Uh, so I was like, hmm, what's, well, I do say yo. We all say yo all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was the title. And then the concept, I guess, uh, it was actually the first guest had given me just a story he had told me, a good friend of mine and comic, Seamus Millar. And uh, he had a dream about his family had a dream like three members of the family had the same dream uh basically but separately like his dad had it when he was a kid and then he had it one night and then he brought it up with in front of his dad and his sister and his sister was like oh you mean and they all like had the same details of the dream that's happen, crazy with, like a scary clay monster type thing and it was like had something to do with them being sick so i'm not going to give it away but that's the know. first episode that's the first episode. Yeah. Cause I like dream stuff. It's like another world for me. Same. I, I really, uh, I've always been curious about it and done like, I've like read all the dream books that there are about like, this is what psychologists think about dreams or like, this is what some random dude off the internet thinks about dreams. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. I'm the random person off the internet. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you wrote a book about it, I'd read it. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> hey, it's it's all I I bring it up on the podcast all the time because some people hate when people bring up their dreams in conversation randomly. They'll like complain about it on the internet, like it's the worst thing someone could talk about. Oh, you want me to gossip instead? Like, no, I'm just it's something I thought of that was weird, especially if it has something to do with someone you know or yeah. like, something really weird, like. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I like, I have detailed dreams and try to remember them. I don't, I don't always, but. Do you remember most of your dreams? I I used to do more, um, but I remember probably three to four nights a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I write I'm it down. like a stage right now where it's like, every time I dream, it's like maybe the first few minutes of the morning. I'm like, I have it. And then it just quickly is gone. I'm not holding on to it all day. Like I used to be able to like remember. really kind of remember some good parts of it. No, no, lately. You got to do a journal. That's what I tell everyone. Dream journal. Keep it right by your bed. A notebook, Dollar Tree notebook, and just a pen. If I literally sleep with mine like next to me in the bed. Yeah. And if I wake up and I remember one sentence, I kind of write it down. Because then later you go back and look at things. It's very interesting. I have a couple years worth of probably four years worth of dreams. Wow, that's a that's a lot of uh, forward thinking, I guess, for four years of like truly staying on top of that. <laughs> I mean, I read a book when I was younger, like you said, I read a lucid dreaming book that my um, friend had given me. And it de it was one of the first things it said to do to remember your dreams to become lucid then. Mm. 
That makes so, sense. Do you know that you're dreaming when you're dreaming? That's lucid. And yes, I, I'm always like aware now. And I can yeah. usually do things that I want to where I can think in my dream. Mm. Or like uh, very recently, like I always used to have dreams of like stepping in like really mucky, like Louisiana, like swampy type water, like a canal or something and getting in the muck water and being like, oh, my shoes or whatever. And like just being in the cold green water. But last couple of times I kind of noticed it and went, oh, I can like lean this way and not fall in the water. And then instead of walking correctly, you just I kind of like gravitated out of it that time. Yeah. It was, um, I also put on like tones in the background on YouTube while I sleep because there's ones to help induce lucid dreaming and stuff. Mm, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I I think I'm pretty aware that I'm dreaming most like a good amount of the time. Um but there was like a definitely a point where I'd have those like type of like anxiety dreams where you're like, you know, you're you got to give a presentation and where's your clothes? Oh no. And then you wake up. Yeah. I had those for like a long time, but lately I've been pretty like knowing aware of like, yeah, there's a dream just doing my thing. And then I wake up, you know? So, yeah. Um, So if you want to, the, one of the first tricks I learned from that book and it was the one I was able to do is when you, when your brain tells you, Oh, this is a dream, try to jump and then you fly. And that's how, you know, you're in a dream. Cause if you're in real life, you would just jump and land because of gravity. Because there's no gravity in dreams. So you can do whatever you want. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna... soul, souls don't know what gravity is. And if your soul energy is what's like controlling that part of your mind. I'm literally going to write that down. Yeah, jump. And then the other one is if you see lettering or a clock, look at it. And if it starts to do this or change or the letters switch, that's, you know, you're like, oh, that's not real. That's a dream. That one's mm. harder though. So like this like thing in the background has like a clock in my picture. If you looked yeah. at it and suddenly this still thing started to like warp or warble, then you go, oh, that's a dream. Cause like how <laughs> else would you know in this reality right now that you're not um, dreaming? That's a, one of the tricks in the book too. It was write down on a little notepad. And I did this for a long time on a little sticky note, kept it next to like my desk at work and it says, am I dreaming question mark? Cause how would you right now know what, how you're you're not dreaming yeah i don't know right now so there's you know? tests there's tests so this jumping is one of them if you're standing yeah. looking at something static like a clock or words to see if it starts to do this and then going oh i'm in a dream and that's the first step to being able to totally control where you're lucid and mm. be able to could like do things like i said like one time i had a scary dream it was i don't have them often anymore and it was a tv and like a um like a just like scary screen and I was like oh mm -hmm. this isn't good already but then I looked behind me and something was more scary I don't remember a monster or a witch whatever and I went oh I'm gonna go in that scary tv screen and I just jumped through and like portaled through out of the whatever scary scene I was in <laughs> it's like you'll start to have thoughts in a dream instead of just being like oh I'm dreaming and then wake up then you'll be right. able to like understand kind of what's going on while you're in there and um do the things you want to do yeah has has all of this has any of this been uh like has any of this either helped or part of your topics with stand-up do you talk about dreams or has it led oh, to you writing stage? jokes no on stage i don't really talk about i don't have any dream jokes um have you ever had I, a dream that led to a joke i knew you were just gonna say that but um <laughs> no my dreams are kind of kind of weird they're like real, like I'll see real people that I know, but they're too yeah. weird. They're just very straightforward. Oh, wait, no, wait, I lied. One of my very first jokes that I wrote <laughs> down because it's so old. I don't do it. I rarely do it because it's very silly. And I remember one time I told it and someone I had known for a while before that, another of a micro was like, where come up with these jokes? <laughs> and it was about a girl like I the joke is about getting cock blocked in your own dreams. Never had that happen. <laughs> and because I had one one time where I was just laying on the bed, whatever, in my old room and like door open and this like super tall, hot chick walked in with like a trench coat, like long red hair, like a hat. I think it was Carmen Sandiego, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, now that I remember, but no, she like had thigh high boots on. It was like, and I'm like, I was, the lights were like the right lighting. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she immediately went like, oh, I got a lamp. 
fell over and I had to help her. And I'm like, oh, this is not <laughs> give her a banana peel. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just to... <sighs> no, it's the opposite. You fall on a banana peel. You take magnesiums in a banana or some potassium, potassium, potassium like cramps. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. but I, I like yelled that out in the dream. And I was just like, I thought of it one day and I, I ha- it has worked. It just doesn't have anything else besides that. So I don't know if I, it's in the, one of those, do you have reserves? Not to interview the interviewer, but do you put jokes on reserve that you're like, this isn't anything yet, but it's like going to be something someday. Yeah. Yes. I have a good amount of things like that. Or like, I always like to think of it as like, I might write like a very simple setup punchline thing. And I like to think of it as like working on a car and I'm like, for right now, it's not the whole car, but right now maybe it's, maybe it's the carburetor. Maybe it's the exhaust. Maybe it's something that I can add, add to it later. Um, But I do, I've gotten out of this habit for, for a long time. Those reserve jokes that are not something right now, I will keep like, like there was a Jackie Chan joke that I would not give up on. And I just kept trying to like figure it out and rewrite it and different approaches. And it just, it just wasn't there enough. And all it was, was a simple comparison that like Jackie Chan is Oprah in the film scene because of like all the great deeds that he's done and stuff like that. And just kind of like talking about like, how crazy is it that this guy is Oprah? I don't know. I don't know how liberal your audience is. I wanted to do a Jackie Chan impression saying, (laughs) You get a, you know what I mean? Like, how you know, but <laughs> you get a car. Comedian canceled at, yeah. <laughs> at brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just, but like, I, I used to have a problem of like just holding on to those too long and not just like moving on and just like writing other stuff. But yeah, I mean, I still have tons of those that I write. They're just like, not quite something. It's but... just, it's a one thought thing in the car or in the shower or whatever, right before you're about to go to bed. That's when I get all mine is when I'm like, don't have my phone handy. I'm like, cool. <laughs> hey, Siri. No, she's going to turn <laughs> off. Damn it. No, she did. <laughs> hey, Siri, turn <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I like, yeah, my phone notes and stuff is just like tons of those things. And like, and then like the other day I had like for a long time, a joke or a joke idea that was that, and it was just saved in my notes and then something else happened and it was like, oh, finally. And it was like something I could finally put it all together. And it just came to me when I was like laying in bed right before I fell asleep. Like the whole, the whole joke as, as a whole thing. Yeah. Because did you know, that's when you're in theta state of dream waves and that's like right before you're about to fall asleep, you're the most open to the collective unconscious and the um, energetic web that connects all of our minds as humans, because we all run on electricity. So Mm. when I think about things like that, that's where your dreams stem from. I think it's like watching a video of another episode of your life somewhere, like a timeline. So it's just like you're you're saying it's like just like my state of mind when I've decided when I've decided to relax and fall asleep. Is that it's everyone's. It's everyone's. It's an energetic wavelength that your brain runs on that's different than your active one. Like right now, where I don't know the name of the brain waves. It's just regular old working yeah. brain waves. So right right when you wake up in those moments when you forget a dream, and right before you fall asleep, you're in two. It's called theta, like alpha, beta, theta, whatever. Okay. So one of them is probably the normal brain waves. I'm not a neuroscientist. Right. This is probably easily Googleable. <laughs> um, so theta I know about because I've learned about that from watching things I've watched about it because with dream research and stuff, it's right. Your brain is just getting into that like almost just sleepy state. And it's it's where you are more open. Your third eye, if you have third eye mm. open at all, it's more open. Your receptivity to information from the cloud, let's say. Okay. Yeah. In a way, there's like a, I think the collective unconscious, we should call it the cloud like that. Like everyone's thoughts that have ever been thought is the collective unconscious and yeah. that are constantly thinking right now. And so they all, you thoughts leave your head like atoms. That's right. why, um, you know, theories about manifestation and stuff work for some people because they have control over that uh, linear thinking versus modular thinking. I don't know. Yeah. 
Do you yeah. do you believe in manifestation? And then do you also do vision boards? I believe thought leaving your body. I, I always try to find the science behind a lot of spiritual and like things like new age yeah. stuff that people talk about. That's why I like, that's what my podcast is big on. So it's like, uh, it, manifestation is the idea behind it is if you train your thoughts to be on one wavelength most all of the time and that's mm -hmm. a positive one that you will have those better things you want for yourself happen and i have i'm i actually let me just tell a, a weird story before i say the other part the other part of your question um a habit of saying things out loud or texting them and then they happen usually when i say it out loud Okay. And I don't think of it as manifestation, but some people might. Well, right. I think of it, whatever it is, the collective unconscious that we're all wired into. I, my sister just had a baby today. I'm an aunt for the first time. Oh, congrats. Thank you. So we're super happy for her. And it is, um, she, the baby is like 10 days overdue or whatever, two weeks or whatever. They'll let you go. Mm. Um, and they, you know, had to do the inducement thing. And I, a few, right, the two days after she was already due, I said, I'm sorry, but one day I accidentally said to someone, I think this baby's going to wait until our brother's birthday, which is 111. And the baby came at four in the morning on 111, which is our brother's birthday. And like 111 is a big, weird, like spiritual number of like, I do ones and zeros, like the matrix when I see those numbers. Mm. And it's not a bad thing. It's just we're computer coded, you know? Yeah. We're computer coded because we run on electricity. So um, I split up your question. You said, uh, <laughs> what was the? Uh, the vision boards. The vision board. No, vision boards. I have more of like a journal where I'll write down like the word goals because I read mm. that. Some, and then what I want to do. And one of them was like, you know, host at one of the clubs here in Philly by a certain date. And then it happened. Whether I did that on my own from working and just having it actively in my mind or writing it yeah. down because putting pencil to paper makes things very solid in this 3D world. Yeah. We, there, you control your 3D world and your 5D world. if you, And that's when I think manifestation people mean by that. Yeah. I see. I'm... I think we're on the same uh, thought process on this for sure, because I, I'm, I am big on the idea of vision boards. I like it. I think it's like more of a positive thinking thing than anything of like, isn't it nice at the beginning of the year to kind of sit down and just think about like, what do I want to happen this year? And maybe sometimes that's enough to just motivate people. So I love it. Um, so I've been making vision boards, but this year um, I decided just, like a few days ago that I'm not going to do a vision board. And I just went and bought a big board like I would. And then I wrote my goals and then I just wrote like the five things that I like have to finish this year. And it's like things that I know I'm going to work on, but it's nice to just exactly like, it was nice to write them out. It was nice to think about them. And then it was kind of like nice to like, put it onto a board that's now hanging in my room here that is just like, okay, I can look at it when I need to and kind of keep me on that brainwave that I'm trying to be on to finish those things. Because some of them are pretty lofty goals, but like they're like doable this year, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I had a kidney transplant in 2020. So before that I um, wrote down like, okay, by 2020, by 2023, uh, by 2025, just, you know, and then lofty, make them lofty, but make that, I put that like the 2025 or something like, you know what I mean? And this was in the beginning of 2020. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm like, all right, well, I have to have this surgery, this crazy surgery. And like, my life is going to take a little upheaval for a minute and forever kind of, and then I'm like, well, whatever, no better time than now. Right. Yeah. Do you feel better now? Are you all good after the surgery or i'm like i mean i see people in my like support group online say tell horror stories of being sick all right. the time but i'm take care i try you know i get sleep i drink water all the time like the, you know i try to even though i have a crazy comedy life i still make sure i get like eight hours of sleep even if it's i go to bed at five in the morning um so it's it's more and of like maintaining than anything it is yeah it's yeah. kind of like I, you're not supposed to put on a ton of weight you're not supposed to like 
eat a ton of food. It's like, I can't do anything fun. <laughs> I can't drink really. I can, but then like my brother will be mad that the kidney he gave me gets killed. And if it was, yeah. from, you know, from a dead guy, I'd be like, whatever, tear this thing up. I don't know. Get it out of here. <laughs> but it's my brother. No, I'm grateful. It's so like amazing to just not have to be hooked to a dialysis machine. Like people do all yeah. that stuff where you have to insert a tube like in your stomach at night at home or go sit in a center for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a whole world of just, that's, I mean, it's gotta be stressful. It's like general. a job. It's like a weird yeah. stressful job. Yeah. 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 I always say chronic illness is like a part-time job anyway. Oh, it I is. remember to take my pills like today because I did the interview. I forgot to take my pills by like three hours and it's like not good to miss the first one in the day. That's uh, the transplant, like anti-rejection medicine by even like, they don't want you to miss it at all. It's like, oh, so when that happens, you're like, oh my God. I'm oh no. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel okay. I'm here. <laughs> I, when people ask me, I always go, I don't know. I'm here, but yeah. <laughs> like, what am I? Yeah. Yeah. Chronic illness is like, cause like I have uh, celiac disease and then I have like liver issues because of that. Sure. And uh yeah, it's just like like that's kind of where I understand too is the maintaining of like I'm not, you know, I'm not like running marathons or anything like that. But no, <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm, whatever. Instacart's my exercise. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, but, but does has that changed your comedy at all? Maybe um, like the topics or stuff because it has for me. Like you know, as I've like learned about my body <laughs> i don't i don't think so i don't even have much material about it i have like some ideas for a few things but those are some of those pocket ones yeah it's so serious to talk about people go <gasps> like when I, I do have one joke where i say like oh and I, like I just drop it like i did to you I'll be like yeah the kidney transplant in 2020 and it's like for someone kind of young to have it it's kind of crazy in the first place and they probably don't expect it because I don't look sickly. That's like one form of ableism I mm. noticed that I might make jokes about where it's like, I was thinking about this, how it's like people might look at me and go, well, she looks perfectly fine. Fuck her. Like, you know what I mean? And then meanwhile, it's like, no, I have this like little organ in my front of my belly that's in transplanted. And if it got hit really hard in a car accident, like if someone hit me in the seatbelt, sometimes people get seatbelts in there and it can like hurt the kidney because it's right there where your seatbelt goes. Oh, no. And like, oh, I can't take like a fall. So I can't do any like skiing or I can, you know, I can't do any MMA like I would like to do. I can, but I really can't take a belt to the kidney or, you know, yeah, go down. So it's just like, I don't know. It, it's, it's a form of like where it's like, yeah, like any kind of chronic illness. If you're sick, you're walking around because you ate something that, that doesn't sit well with you. It's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I should get I should get in this VIP line at or Universal Orlando. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You're you're you are right though. It's like a, it's like a thing that like I've talked about on stage and it can be like really quickly of like, oh no. Um but like like the the amount that I have right now and like the hour that I'm doing is more about like finding out and like how that's changed my life and then like kind of like dealing with it. And like, now that it's been a while, like kind of like really being like, I'm fine. Cause it's been a while, you know, type of attitude. But um, like, that's kind of as much as I've talked about, because the, any of the other stuff that I get like too detailed about, it's like, oh, sad, you know? <laughs> so like, it is like a walk in, like, you yeah, know, you can't. it's until you're like, I feel like it's like, you gotta go me. I'm going to go silly at first and just mention, I have things where I mention it, but it's like about, you know, making fun of masks that it's not really like anything to do with the disease itself. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause it is, it's hard to touch topics like that. And people just immediately start thinking about their loved one that has dialysis or something. Yeah. And cause it's a common thing. And so I'm like, eh, it's too, too sensitive now, <laughs> but um, not in the future, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. What, like, who comic, who's the comics that you're, like, watching right now that you're, like, really, like, loving? Um, I don't actually watch many specials anymore ever since I started stand-up. Really? I don't want to glean anyone's information by accident and then do it as my own. Interesting. Um, I have so a you're very, just, you're cutting um, it off. Yeah, like, except people I really get excited for. Shane Gillis, friend of mine, watch his specials as soon as they come out. Yeah. Uh, Dan Soder, um, 
Um, I watched uh, Louis when he, his came out. Yeah. Okay, and I paid for it on his website. It was great. <laughs> um, other than that, no, I'm like a weird comic where I go to so many open mics as it is. And do my own. I do my own comedy, so I don't go watch other people's unless they're. Um, I mean, I think uh, who I didn't watch Ari Shafir's new one. I heard it was good. Um, yeah, but you're just like, if you're working with the comic, you're like, I'll watch it, but like you're not like going out and like let me spend my night watching it on Netflix or going to the club to watch it. Well, I'll go show up at the club if it's somebody I like, like a helium. I did go see Dan and Shane. And then like a lot of my friends are people that are doing things over at the clubs. Yeah. So I'll go hang out and watch their shows over like a random headliner that comes to town. Like I'll watch, I'll go to David Tells, but also my friend Ian Finance is hosting or opening, featuring, whatever. They tour together. So uh, I'll go show up for that. Um, but there's not many like comics that come yeah. around that I'm super excited for. Almost that I that I don't. I don't know, because it's like someone I would have to go to a arena like Bill Burr or somebody. Right. I think he was at yeah. the Met. I think he's either coming to the Met or came to the Met. Um, yeah. I yeah. I think he was just here. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I get that. Like we like as comics, we digest a lot of stand up in general. Like it's just you can't avoid it. You're going to be around it. Um you know, I've really tried to want, like lately I've been trying to watch specials that I wouldn't normally watch to try to like just get out of my own bubble, I guess. Um, but, I, you know, it it is like a, like when is too much, <laughs> too much, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it was once I really got into stand-up, once I really started hitting mics all the time, I felt like it was too much for me as it was. I watched yeah. Ellen. I watched Ellen's special. That's like, <laughs> I don't know, I can, I, I just watch so much other stuff because I'm more learning about stuff for my podcast, honestly. And um, I do tarot. So I yeah. have like a channel for that. So I'll record those sometimes at night. I'm either out at mics, which takes hours out of my life because I, you got to travel to get there, obviously. And you go sit around for hours and then you yeah. hang out afterwards because you're already there and it's 1130 at night or whatever. And then yeah. <laughs> drive home again. And um, so that's because for the last two years solid, I especially since I got laid off earlier this year, mics, mics every night that I possibly can. Yeah. Uh, and then I just recently started the podcast. So a lot of that now I'm home editing. If I'm home, I'm watching my stupid self. <laughs> <laughs> I'd sometimes rather be watching somebody else and be like, this is not funny. No. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. Digesting a lot of comedy in general. And like, I did that in like 2019. Like, I just was like, I'm going to hit every mic possible and see what happens. And it really like, I mean, it changed, changed my comedy for sure. And I like, I really like grew a lot. And uh, now I'm like switching into like trying to do that again i should say it's what i'm like yeah. trying to like you know there was a moment where i couldn't and now now i'm like able to especially like in september i moved to new york so like now that i'm here it's like yeah why not there's mics literally every night so yeah exactly that's what they're the best for and i used to run one of the best mics in philly so when you run a mic too that's very taxing i don't know if you've ever done it um, yeah yeah i've ran a few mics yeah so um you know, yeah it's it's yeah it's a job that's another job and, and think yeah. it, plus i would book a showcase with it at the towards it, i did it for four straight years almost because of covid it like lapsed over covid mm. so since we kind of lost three quarters of a year there ish and yeah especially because i had the transplant i didn't come out right away i had somebody else uh drew montana um run it for a little bit so um in the summer and uh yeah, so booking a show, running a show, being so it was mics. it was booked and an open mic. Yeah, we had started. We would when we came back after COVID, um, booked like a showcase lineup. Yeah, because that's what the last one that I did was like three booked comics. Then mm -hmm. it would switch to an open mic, and that was just it was so much. <laughs> we, act we actually have, after a while we had a team, so we did um much more fun bunch of open mic. And then a feature spot, bunch of open mic, and then a feature spot. And our open mic was a showcase open mic anyway. It was the longest running one in Philly, and it had been wow. has been run by way more people before me. And then unfortunately, the business just went out of business once it was finally back to what like I remembered it when I first started. But yeah, 
it is what it is. Uh, I didn't really, I was going to retire anyway. It was time because it had been four years. You don't want to be a long a, time to do. You don't want to be the Van Wilder at the open mic and host it forever. <laughs> like, not great. It's not a good look. As <laughs> <laughs> so if that's all you're doing. If you want to still host the open mic once you're at working open hosting at clubs or whatever featuring or whatever you do, mm-hmm. sure. But if you're not hosting that, I'm not talking shit. I'm just kind of being real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, there's just different points in my life where I'm like, I could run a show right now, you know. And then like you do it, and then there's a point the where you're like, I can't do this anymore. And that's kind of like the was, 10 open mics i've ran over the years you know yeah <laughs> like, and then even a monthly too i thought okay i could do a monthly it's like so, it's just booking and people like canceling and uh, just you can't control the weather if it, like partially yeah. outdoors and partially because of covid so the place we were doing it out was partially outdoors and i was like yeah. this is too much i just want to get booked on stuff <laughs> yeah just show up and talk for 10 minutes 15 minutes whatever <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i i honestly <laughs> I can't see myself running a monthly or a weekly or anything show right now. Uh, Cause yeah, I, you know, I just want to be on the road as much as possible. And you quickly are like, like even with that last open mic, I would like make sure that I would get home in time for an open mic, you know, I'd be doing a weekend like on the other side of the country. And I'll be like, well, I got to fly home on for Sunday. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It, it, it's uh it's an interesting way of living for sure but uh <laughs> yeah so you do tarot cards you have like a whole channel for that mm-hmm. yeah i don't tell a lot of people about it actually it's kind of do you want to keep do you not do you want me no, to cut I, it out yeah, no <laughs> i just say that i'll say that to people i'll say yeah I, I don't say the name or anything i don't don't show my face in it i i kind of do it anonymously because some what i've found is on youtube when someone just I go on and I don't sign in. I go on my projector or whatever and just watch whatever videos pop up in that algorithm on there because it's not based off any of my emails or anything. It's just what I, what you click on kind of at that yeah. point. I'll just watch whatever the first video is that kind of comes in naturally, no matter if it's something with words. I don't, if I don't want to listen to tones, I'm not going to listen to tones. But like, so just sometimes people will pop, these readers will pop in and they'll have like some kind of answer to my life that day. Mm. So, uh, you know, I I also more big on doing them for people directly. Like if someone's interested, I'll just do a reading for them. Yeah. And then, but my channel is for like general collective of other random strangers on the internet that end up in your algorithm. And yeah, maybe that's it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I took a tarot reading class when I was like 19. Not that I can really remember any of it. But uh, I loved it. I thought it was very cool and interesting. I've gotten many readings over the years, um, good and bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I always say when people get scared, it's, that it's never good or bad. It's the truth. And that mm. depends on what the answers you want are or not your own perceived answers. But mine are always true. And um, I've been doing it actually longer than any other thing in my life. I start. I learned when I was 19 too. My ex, uh, one of my exes, his mom gave me a deck from like the 70s. And it was really cool. Like a just OG rider tarot deck. And I was like, oh, wow. And like I learned to do spreads and stuff. But now I've done it so long and I know all the meanings. And I have my own like interpretations when I see things like the patterns in the cards. Right. The old tism kicking in and uh you know, so I'm an actually an intuitive tarot reader, and I don't know if you know what that means, but uh, and I also explain the science behind it, where it's like the electric kinetic energy that flows through us. We have a sending and a receiving hand, and yeah, I can't, I can't explain like the cards fly out if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I've yeah. seen that. Okay. Yeah, all right, cool. So I can do those. Yeah, that's interesting. So you okay? So you've done that for a long time, mm-hmm. and and then at some point you're like, I'm gonna start doing stand up. <laughs> well, I've done a lot of things for a long time. I'm always like busy doing stuff. That's another reason I yeah. around. Like I don't get a chance to watch a lot of things I want to watch sometimes. But um, I was in a band when I was in my twenties, for lack of a better, longer term, because I was also did theater when I was younger. But um, uh, and then that fell apart. And, um, then I, I've just all, I, the tarot kind of fell apart too, for a while. I didn't touch it. Once I broke up with the, the ex and I were in a band together. Oh, okay. So he was the drummer, bassist, whatever. And, uh, so once that I put those, I think I gave those tarot deck back 
I think I gave the tarot deck back because I'm a big when someone when I break if I have a breakup like with a long term person I like to give everything back because your energy is in things you touch forever. Mm. So quantum entanglement, all right. So you know, so I gave that back and I never thought about tarot. I was like, nah, whatever. I didn't even think of it. I was busy with the band and then I the band fell apart and I got into mm, I went back to school for like film just for fun because I was busy yeah. at a day job and I was like oh all right let's see what happens and I did improv on the team that they had there like I tried out for the team comedic improv because I had done dramatic when I was in high school mm. so comedic improv did that and then we had a, they had a sketch group I did that we wrote sketches whatever put on a show I took a improv class at fit which is a Philly improv theater at former name I don't know if they call it that anymore they might just call it Philly improv theater but either way uh, I took a class there and in improv and I was like, this is kind of fun. I'm kind of good at it. But um, I texted a friend who was doing stand up at the time in Philly, uh, Brian Fennell. And he was like, oh, man, improv's corny. Come do stand up. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know if those were his exact words, but basically like, oh, you should do stand up instead. And I'm like, <laughs> I am, in my head, I went, you know what? He's right, because I quit the band because the we grow we. I didn't quit the band. The band broke up because the singer quit. His he was uh, his girlfriend got pregnant and ah. was having a baby. And he was like, I'm going to be a good dad and stay home and not try to like tour with the band anymore. Right. And, uh, we were like, oh, OK, like you're the whole personality, the band and a good guy. So we can't be mad at you. <laughs> but then I didn't like want to. I felt like when I got broken up with, I was like, oh, no. Plus me and the guy broke up, too. Like, oh, no, uh, I don't want to be in a band anymore. It's, it's it's too many other people's personalities. It's a lot. Yeah. I, I always get stepped on when I talk and stuff anyway, because it was five, four guys and me. Like, you know what I mean? So my ideas are always, even though they're good, there's like everyone else. Shut Ugh. up. The, the men are talking. Mm. And uh, so then, all right, I go, what can I do? And I accidentally got into the, the sketch and the improv. And I noticed personalities in that too, clashing when you try to have an idea and sketch yeah. writing and someone shoots it down, uh, something like that. So it's like an ego clash thing. And I go, all right. And then he, my friend said that and I go, well, stand ups by yourself. And then my acting teacher in a class I had taken at the time acting for the camera was like, well, stand up is kind of a, like easy way to get access to acting gigs. Cause you'll meet some people that might, you know, and then I had actually done a sketch for, for my friend. He was like, Oh, somebody needs an actor and a sketch tomorrow. Are you free? They had someone flake out. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, hell yeah. And then it was, uh, a good friend and now he makes a very funny show called Gillian Keeves, John McKeever. Mm. Um, him yeah. And Shane. yeah. So that's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. We, we, uh, we're, we're, we have very similar uh, experiences of like, I started in like, you know, bands first in high school and then it led to doing sketches, which then led to stand up. And it was like the same thought process of like, this is fun. This is great. But like working with these people is either they're flaky or, you know, it's like a clash of personalities and ego mm -hmm. for sure. And, you know, it's like all those things need teams, you know, and it's like stand up is something that's so wonderful by yourself where you have the idea, you write the idea, you perform the idea and, and you kind of go from there. So, yeah, I that's so funny. That's like the same. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not funny. That's uh when you're in a collective of the thoughts uh, that are like um, soul connections that you're meant to meet certain people and talk to them. And like, you're just on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is funny. It's hilarious. Um, but cause I've also, cause it's some people's story. I've noticed some other people will be like, Oh yeah, I've done bands. Like you're just like a creative person mm -hmm. and it's not a failed. It's not that something failed attempt in your life like i didn't have a failed band it was like i just did a band for a while it was just in a band for a while and right then, you know um like everybody's always like i i've read something the other day about that like don't think of it as failed this or failed that failed talking stage failed relationship failed band failed tv show you're like no i got to make a tv show or i got to be with this person for a while and just whatever we went our separate ways mm-hmm and um, I do that with a lot of things, but I, I think um, stand-up is the one thing I've stuck with longer than any, and I've had two seven-year relationships. So stand-up <laughs> is now the longest term commitment <laughs> besides Tara, but but I took a long break from that. So yeah, <laughs> it was a huge gap, but then I picked it back up uh, right after my transplant because I was sitting around watching weird shit on YouTube. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for cursing. <laughs> no, you're fine. You can uh, swear as much as you want. All right. Though. Okay. Probably have already, but I know it's like, you know, I say shit and it's the worst word in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it is weird that like, where you like start and stop things at different points in your life. And like, for me, definitely like stand up is definitely the longest thing I've done ever, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it's like, it's funny because it always feels new at the same time of like every year, it's like a new way, a new writing, a new process, a new, you know, so it's like always been fun and reinventing it and finding different angles. Um, but yeah, it's like other hobbies or projects or whatever, where you're like really interested in something and then you take breaks. Like this podcast is a great example of it is like how many times I've started and stopped doing this podcast but I always come back to it because it's like so it's it's good fit for me because I'm an introvert uh you and I would probably run into each other at some shows and then I would would, our longest conversation would be very short and then I wouldn't get to know about the tarot cards and about the bands and about the everything else uh and that that seems very how comedy is where it's like we're kind of like moving around and we meet people and you know it's not always like the deepest connections but like that's what I love about having the podcast of like if I meet someone I go you have an interesting life let's let's talk about it on the show you know yeah yeah um it's funny because I'm this I don't talk to many people in person (laughs) when I'm out and not not because I don't like people um I just sometimes I wait for people to approach me yeah anymore um if they want to talk because you never know who's got a boundary up or whatever doesn't like people talking to them and then you walk over and like if you're super introverted and then like because i used to well it's funny because like i feel like comedy forces you to be an extroverted introvert a little bit because yeah 100 percent. a lot of us are very like i always used to have crippling social anxiety when i was younger and like i still do it's not that i don't i've just learned how to manage it or Mm -hmm. you know in ways that are more effective than just totally retreating. And, but sometimes there's times I sit up and I think everyone thinks I'm antisocial personality disorder or something. Cause I just go nod on who I know, say hello, and then sit by myself. I know I don't talk to anyone and just kind of watch the show or watch the mic or whatever's happening. And yeah. Right. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm introverted and I'm definitely always been the person that sits by themselves and goes, I would love to sit with those other people, but I, I'm scared to talk to any of them. <laughs> I got over some of it, but still, there will be times I just don't. It does. I get, nope. No, thank you. I'm just going to stay over here. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like I feel like the older I get, the more I need like time before I go on stage to kind of get in the right mindset, you know, and maybe that's me just taking it more serious than ever or me just that's just how my brain works now. But yeah, it's like I need a moment alone to kind of like run through like almost like a checklist before I get on stage to be like, all right, I'm in the right mind setting and I'm in the right energy level. I'm the right to get up there and do this. So. Yeah. I've been doing that where I take like a second and I do a, um, a thing. It's like a Chinese ancient Chinese technique where you raise your hands above your head in this kind of a shape where you're like holding a ball. And it uh, says that the energetic principle of gravity, it says that it pulls down your, uh, fluids and things that have gotten to your extremities yeah and kind of just like grab it's just supposed to supposedly even if you don't believe it the guy in the video that i watched said <laughs> uh it still works yeah it's been helping when when did you start doing that maybe five six months ago yeah yeah and you can like you've seen a difference or can you hear a difference on like, your audio i don't know if it's um what do you call it? A um, like a placebo or not? Right. I'll have really clear, better sets. And if I don't do it, if I rush on stage or I'm just, I forget to do it, I kind of maybe it's like just it's kind of like a simple meditation that the idea of just focusing, like yeah. you said, you need some time, even just a moment or two, to kind of just go, okay, I'm ready. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I in my notebook, I have like a like a list that's like. Like you're funny, you're gonna do this. You're, you know, like I like remind myself of these things. Yeah. And then I've been reading that before I go on. And I'm like, it's been really, and it's exactly that. I know that all it is is just me 
taking a moment to focus and me reminding myself of like where I am and staying in the now. And like that has really changed how I am because I, I, I think I noticed a year or two ago that I it was bringing my day on stage with me. Like if I had a crappy mm-hmm. day, I was like lower energy version of this set that I need to do. And I have like a lot of high energy jokes. And so I, that you, that it just doesn't mix where you're like giving it 50% instead of all the way. No, it's funny you say that. Cause I'm not, I'm uh, like, I can be super ener- high energy when I need to be, but I'm not always, I'm, I'll just be mid-level sometimes, but I think you're right that your energy, I was doing that. I noticed where I would carry some kind of like sadness or heaviness or something with me that I was thinking about. I was going through something, you know what I mean? And go like, get on stage and the audience can feel it. Yeah. Whether, whether you try to like, even with not energetic with your voice, mm-hmm. it's just like the way you feel it, it keeps everyone in this state of the same feeling. Cause you're always in control of the energy as a good comic. I say, when you get on stage, you're not controlling the people, you're controlling the energetics in the whole room. You're making everyone look at you and want to hear what you have to say and pay attention and stop what they're doing at their tables and not talk to their table partner all at once. So, and I can, I'm good with energy and I understand how it works. So I feel like that. So when I noticed that you're totally right. And while you were talking, it just made sense. Like you're, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. He's right. We really are on the same page in thinking (laughs) about comedy and the way you approach it in general. And you go up on stage and while you're up there and not carrying that with you, because it's, it will read, it will read every time to the Mm -hmm. crowd and you don't realize it. You just think, I think most people who aren't so self-aware maybe or something will go, Oh, I bombed. I just ate shit. I, uh, but I know the other, I actually hosted a punchline this weekend. I had two shows and the late show significantly, just less crowd, uh, Mm -hmm. less than a showcase would be there on a Wednesday or something late show. I don't know, older crowd. So whatever. And I kind of, I let my energy, I went, man, this is, whatever, I'm just going to play around with this because it's not like it was the sold out one right before that. Yeah. Like, you know, and you go like, all right, so I'm just going to do whatever I did my like some of my newer, like not not a yet. It's not a yet in my mind it is. But I kind of went out there and I kind of was a little nervous. I actually had a a one drink because I was like, oh, this will calm my nerves. I shouldn't have done that made me kind of like edgy. And then oh yeah, I went out and I felt like I felt like I didn't do as well. Now it's hard at punchline because the acoustics in there were designed by somebody who made uh, sound rooms only like music rooms. Oh, okay. It was really high ceilings, you know, like the big open, they have a curtain Mm. that they cut the room in half with when it's not sold out, which helps, but it's just not made for comedy acoustics. So you cannot tell sometimes. Every, every they, time they feel far away they feel far away and not yeah. like they're laughing loudly and like when you're in the back you can hear the laughs like the green mm-hmm. but but when you're on stage it sounds like and i genuinely but i don't know this time i genuinely was like oh i think i energetically went up there and just ate shit because i was just kind of like what i don't know <laughs> <laughs> just weird energy and it could be yeah. weird it could be sad as long if it's off and not upbeat and like energetic <laughs> in like a fun way they feel it and yeah. if they're if they're in that energy too and you can't like pull them out of it especially as a host because hosting yeah. is you're going yeah. in cold you don't yeah. know that's why like i because like i go back and listen to those sets and then sometimes i'll you know you can end up beating yourself up over yeah. where you're like what like where did this go wrong and like yeah. maybe it's been a couple weeks so you didn't remember that where the energy was wrong? weird But like, so what I started doing is in my notebook, like I'll write my set list and then like draw a line and then write notes. And then the notes will be like, the room was large uh, or like the room (laughs) was cold. Like everyone was cold or they waited outside for 30 minutes or like all those things, (laughs) all those weird factors that like, but you're right. Like you have to come out with like this fun energy especially if you're hosting too where <laughs> yeah. you got to come out like really like yeah you know and like yeah. and like sell the joke and i think like selling yeah. the joke is so much based on like your energy mm-hmm. and confidence more than more than the joke itself sometimes so yeah yeah and it's like i go okay i was beating myself up kind of the next day but then i go well you know the feature and the headliner got laughs 
So I did my job if I just <laughs> yeah. mediocre, tepid laughs, yeah. you know, I get like, whatever. I pulled out this material that I didn't know was going to work totally yet. It's like, oh, and it's so weird with clubs sometimes because I've had that happen twice where like I'll host a Wednesday showcase. Yeah. And whether it's less people or not, you just get this good energy because they're just there to see a comedy show. But then on a weekend when there's like headliners or like I did one in Brooklyn where it's just like a bunch of feature headliner type acts, you know, row mm -hmm. at a showcase. I think people are there to see the person they came to see and they yeah. truly do not care who the fuck they you are. are. <laughs> and then you got to not only sell them on your personality real quick in only 10 minutes, yeah, but open up the room and do those like where I always feel like now I need to do a, like a, Hey, what's up? You're not supposed to just get on stage and start jokes. You're hosting is you get up and you kind of, doesn't matter if you do crowd work or not, but you got to do like a little welcome. I'm right. This is your night that you're emceeing yourself. Because they mm -hmm. just, you know, at the club, they just bring you up on stage and give it up for your host, blah, blah, blah. They don't do like a, there's no MC. So they're just. Yeah. And... But also people that go to comedy clubs and right, they're most likely to see that headliner. And then when you're hosting, they immediately, they immediately think that you are the, in their brain, you're equal to the intern, the assistant, the whatever you want to call the lower level management <laughs> of of the comedy. So they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's move past this and get into the real comics. Like yeah, that's like a very, yeah. a very hard thing to get through. And like, you know, all my all my time hosting at clubs where it's it, it it's that where it's like I gotta sell them on me. Plus, I'm a weird comic in general. I'm just a weird person. So then I'm like, dogs are weird, you know, on stage, <laughs> and and they're like, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I I was thinking that about myself because I like I'm very dark and like dark and weird, and I don't I'll. I was like doing jokes about my, you know, it's not about my grandma dying. Look, let's get it's, about, it's the eventuality. And sometimes it doesn't go over well with people. Yeah. Yeah. Just I realized, yeah. I realized years and years ago that I would never be like the club comedian, but like, I mean, you have me headlining a backyard, man, all those people will love it. You know, like that's like, I mean, you can be your own club comedian. You just might not be what they want. And especially because I'm, I have a tendency yeah. to, it's not even cursing. Sometimes my material is just like gross, I guess, or disgusting or foul, right. whatever. They say it's not clean. I'm not squeaky clean mm. all the time. So especially, I don't know why people like as a woman, I feel like people just do not want to hear us say gross things unless we look gross. Yeah. I, th I think you're right though. Like, female comics get this weird like oh don't do this don't do that standard that like men don't no. <laughs> you know like, no yeah yeah i have i have friends that are so dirty and i love them and they're so funny and they don't care and they just say whatever and but they don't get called dirty they're just comics yeah they're just, they're just, they're just the guy <laughs> they're, just, they're whatever it's sex jokes and it's the same if i you know but if i do sex jokes it's like oh no she should be talking about drinking wine like i don't mm. know and i don't drink so i'm not gonna you know i don't get mad actually I've, I've decided in my mind after i beat myself up i don't get mad when like 55 plus white suburban <laughs> mom crowds don't laugh at me that hard it's right. not my demographic. So I just kind of go, okay, you know what? It's, it was this headliners crowd. I, I tried to do safe, this kind of what I think is almost a safe joke. And then I don't know if my idea of safe is the same as theirs. Yeah, no, I, I, I do the same thing. Like, I feel like anytime I've even featured at clubs it, and like looking at the headliner and like what they got going on. And so it, I feel often that I'm doing like a C performance because I'm I'm cutting out anything that's too weird, anything that's too, too much. And, you know, and that's, you know, I just did that for uh, the the TV show that I filmed uh, this year where it's like I did a 15 minute set. And I really felt like what's co what's commercial, like what's yeah. something that's mm -hmm. a good 15 that shows me, but also shows me in a light that people are like, yeah, yeah, I'd come check them out. And then oh, yeah. I can win them mm -hmm. over with the weird ideas like in person. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all just a crapshoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like none of it matters. I believe that if you're meant to have a long term fan base, your people will find you. And I agree. They will come see the show. And uh, yeah, maybe if you get on Kimmel or whatever, whatever late night at the time and have a clean, nice, sweet, clean, fun ABC family friendly 10 minutes. That's like not you at all. That's the thing with that is there should be like a late night show where you can showcase talent that isn't that bleep it out bleep out the curses but like let it be in the like okay yeah oh no adults don't say the f word like yeah (laughs) the worst i i hate i'm such like a i grew up watching carlin as a kid little kid so i'm like i hate that that's still the same standard of if you curse you're a bad person like you're a terrible person if you say the f word and like people literally beat their kids and starve them and lock them in basements and do weird, you know what I mean? Like uh, conditioning and all kinds of weird, you know, things that are done inside homes and families. And we don't like to talk about that, but like me saying shit by accident is, (laughs) I say it on TV. Oh, you'll get fined if you say, and I like the thing where it's like, Cause I have a jerk, a joke, a jerk, a joke where I <laughs> <I'll> say, <tell> <laughs> where, where I, where I refer to someone in a fight in a relationship as like you jerk. Uh, I usually say you fucking, but I'll, I could change it to fricking whatever jerk off. Yeah. But TV clean is you can say jerk off, but you can't call someone a jerk off. Did you <laughs> know that? <laughs> I didn't know that. You can do this all day long and say jerk <laughs> off and have it be clean. <laughs> but you i can't be like you jerk off because it's like an insult or a you're you're yelling at someone yeah. but i kind of that's kind of how i feel like i don't know i'm joking when i say it <laughs> yeah i think like a lot of that stuff is like every year getting less and less especially like late night t- television's like almost gone you know like it's like such a you know but i feel like we are becoming more you know, natural. And that's what I love about like TikTok is a, it, it is more like natural and less like showy and less like, let's you have a perfect family. <laughs> you can curse on there. I mean, you can, but I don't know. I feel like people get their videos pulled all the time that I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's not perfect, but I feel like people are like ex- the, maybe the app is pulling them, but like, I feel like People, people are pretty like open to like yeah yeah that's how we talk that's how people communicate <laughs> you know yeah so. it's like uh teenage girls can just be half naked but you can't curse <laughs> yeah, i mean that's a whole thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> can't say smoke weed on there yeah, yeah. i got in trouble for that one time did you yeah on tiktok mm-hmm. i had like a stupid tiktok where i was like vaping and i forget what i even said i think it was just because i was vaping and blowing oh i vaped it and blew it out i took a vape hit and like because that was part of what i was doing with the joke so i had to like do a little like blow it out first and edit it to make it look like i blew it out really mm-hmm. I got i've never heard it. of that before that's crazy yeah. i take back everything i said i'm just kidding <laughs> no, I don't know. i've had a couple other people recently i had a friend who had a, a, a couple of friends who have a podcast and they were talking about stealing from like a I don't know, Walmart or CVS or whatever, like a corporation and yeah. they took it down, said it promoted stealing. Well, <laughs> they, they were kind of just joking about it though. Like yeah. where do you draw the line of the AI or whatever saying yeah. promoting stealing when it's, it's a, a comedy podcast? Yeah. I don't well, know. That's true. Not that's a joke, whole weird but... world that <laughs> I'm not smart enough to figure out, you know? <laughs> I don't think there is any. Again, it's a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah. Most of this, you yeah, just throw yeah. in shit at the wind and like, yeah, I always say if you have like whatever thousand people that want to listen to you, that's not that many. And that's if they all pay one dollar a month, that's a thousand dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, it's I, there's like the I think it's one of the Gary Goldman tweets of like about like not trying to get like not not to win everyone, but to like try to just win a few people. And that's like really where I'm at of like anytime I do shows, I know that I, like I'm not going to be everyone's comic, but you know, the people that like it will really like it. And that's, that's all I want. So yeah. Like all my bougie friends will say like your vibe attracts your tribe. And I'd be like, <laughs> here we go. Let's get weirdos on watching my podcast. Yeah. You know, 
I only have a few subscribers because I just started it, but hey, we'll build, we'll build a small little army of weirdos. Yeah, man. It just takes time and consistency. That's it. <laughs> People will find it. But thank you so much for doing the show today. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, absolutely. I am that chick, Sonia. Uh, most most social medias. Uh, I will say that it's easy to find me. Thatchicksonia.com is my website. My podcast is on YouTube at Yo That's Weird Podcast and also on Instagram, TikTok, um, Twitter. But there's like nothing going on over there. Follow me. Uh, you'll you'll see me post yeah where do you where do you post or live the most on social media instagram is like my real life if you want to see what i'm doing like a random tuesday when i'm cooking for dinner um (laughs) it'll most likely be a breakfast food for dinner but uh yeah i feel like instagram i'm the most active i try to bounce around between twitter and tiktok check it out go in the time between recording um yeah my podcast okay. is on uh my podcast is on Apple, all the big Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever. Yeah. And uh sure. I'll definitely put them all in the show notes so then people Thank can you. click right from this podcast straight to it. And uh yeah, if you're listening on Spotify, click that link and go subscribe to her her podcast and then just get those those weekly updates. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, thank you so much for doing the show. Truly appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I've been your host, Zach Lyman. This has been the Zach Lyman Podcast and outro music.